Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Patrick Calhoun, a client director for the Leadership Development Division at GP Strategies. Patrick, it's great to have you on the show. Jeremy, as well, it's great to be on the show. I'm looking forward to the topic. It is something that, of course, as you know, is very popular. It's, and it's not new, but mm-hmm. it's popular. <laughs> Absolutely. Very relevant these days. And, of course, we are talking about the exciting new world of the hybrid workforce. So, first, because that's kind of a new term, as you say, it's been around, but People are, are really hearing it a lot these days, or and, and it might be new, at least to some of our listeners. What we're talking about, as I understand it, is, is in companies where some employees are in the office and some are working remotely. Is that accurate? Is that how you understand what hybrid or hybrid workforce means? Yeah, it, it is. And what's interesting is that I've read that roughly about 75% of employees are quote unquote deskless. Right. Mm-hmm. And so most people get confused with when you're remote, it's work at home, but it's not really work at home. It's just remote work. Yeah, right. That's that's true. That's a good distinction. And of course, that's been true, as you mentioned, long before we ever heard of COVID. Right. There were always mm-hmm. people who were that's out right. in the field. And for that matter, some people who did work remotely worked at home, not as many as have during COVID and probably will going forward. But still, this is not a brand new thing, but it's something that is facing a lot of companies in a way that's probably magnified these days, right? Which presents all kinds of, all kinds of interesting challenges. It's interesting you make the comment that it's been around before COVID and, and field employees they're remote. They've been remote and they've yeah. had to be remote. In most cases, they don't have an office unless it's at home. I, I think the the issue now has been individuals that are static inside of an office space and, and trying to determine you know, how you um, create the environment that a field employee has to be able to continue to be productive. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's that's been one of the things I've noticed in, in listening to some of the clients that I've speak with on, on a regular basis. OK, so so tell us about that. You've been talking with folks in all sorts of different industries. So what are you hearing from leaders about the challenges of managing a hybrid workforce these days? There are many challenges and, and I'm probably not hearing uh, but a snippet. Right. Mm-hmm. But because of my focus and my focus being on leadership, right, and, and effectiveness of leader, leader performance, leadership is one of the things that that is often a challenge. And there, there are so many layers to, to that, right? But, but the one thing that I hear on a regular basis as it relates to the leadership individual clients are saying, how do we prepare our leaders to lead in a virtual world? Right. In Mm -hmm. a remote world. So very difficult. I mean, we used to say um, in my field sales days, when I was a leader in the field sales organizations, we would always say, you know, you lead them by the whites of their eyes. (laughs) Well, that's a little difficult now. Right. And you have to do it over video if if that's the possibility with the remote environment. So they, they often talk to me about 
how do you do it? You, you know, you've got experience. How did you do it? And what types of skill development do we need for our sales leaders uh, or leaders in general, right, to be able to support a remote environment? And so that's one of the things. The second thing is, is that of coaching. Mm-hmm. How do we coach them, right? A big part of, of ensuring that an employee is healthy and happy inside of a role is the coaching component and whether or not our leader is spending time on truly developing them in space uh, real time. And, and, and then finally, I would have to say is, although there's a question about productivity, and I think all the studies show that productivity gains have bl- has been blown out of the you know ceiling here. They're, we're, we're getting great productivity from folks, but we're also burning them out. And, and so they talk about how we can leverage leaders or individuals in the organization to help get in front of that issue because it's going to happen. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not. I mean, with COVID and vaccinations and, and, and hoping that we can get a new variant, right? One of my colleagues call it, it we, we've just completed the first act. There's a second act to come mm-hmm. and we need to be ready. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. As I hear it, one is the, as you mentioned, leading by the whites of your eyes, which I take to mean leading in person, right? Being in the same room with people and having that human contact and having to shift to a model where... You're still talking to people, but it's mediated through a screen. So that's one issue. And then the other is is the burnout that, that you mentioned. So let's get into both of those a little bit. Let's first talk about sort of the, the major, the, the specific challenge of not being in the room with people, because you can still do coaching, right? You can still have the same basic kinds of conversations that you would have when everyone's in the office. So it's not as though you're never seeing them. Right. And, and with our amazing video technology, you can literally see people and get a whole bunch of people on the screen. What more specifically is the issue there? I mean, we've all heard of Zoom fatigue. Maybe that's part of it. But but what's your take? What's the particular challenge when you are not in the same building, when you're not in the same room? Being physically in, in, in person right, has its advantages but it also creates a crutch in some cases. Their mindset has to be different when it comes down to leading a virtual team or engaging people when you're not in person. And and so often we take advantage of the in-person and you know opportunity. There's a lot of collaboration and camaraderie that happens. There's a certain human connection that happens in person that is often difficult to establish over video. And so it's important that individuals that lead in in those spaces be prepared with the right levels of conversation. Think about different things. You know, there's there's ability to be agile in your in your engagement. You have to also be inclusive. You know, because that's one because one of the things that that video takes away from you is that that sense of inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. It, it actually does. And most people think that it provides more, but it actually takes away from the inclusivity because you're right there with the person physically. And so they can feel a lot more inclusive. You can be a lot more intimate in your conversation uh, and you're not up against the clock. We often don't watch the clock when we're face to face with one another. But on video, if you notice, you know, I got a client that, if you know, you've got to get it done in 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it were in person, they wouldn't mind giving me an hour. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even in person, right? With with a typical meeting, there's some time limit on it, right? Okay, this meeting is set for you know an hour or whatever. But I but I hear what you're saying, and you know, it sounds like like you're raising an important issue in the issue of isolation, right? That if you're not in the same building or the same room with other people, it's easy to feel isolated if you're working from home, say, and you don't have colleagues around. And as you're also saying, you're just missing that kind of the more the small talk element, right? Before the meeting begins, afterwards, just those little moments that can make a big difference. So what can leaders do to approximate that or at least to recognize it and to try to mitigate some of that isolation? be in a position where they can listen and communicate well. I mean, that's automatic. I I think to go even deeper, if you could make the mission and the purpose of the organization part of the work and it it, it will focus closer, it it draws in a cohesion between the leader Mm -hmm. and, and the employee as well, or the organization and the employee. They get to collaborate closer and, and it drives a level of, of common common direction and purpose and thread. So it's it's interesting you you call that 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 out about being isolated because you know remote work can be an island and and you can, you know, immediately, although you're very productive, you can be disconnected from everyone else because there's so much amount of time. I mean, you think about I have a client that explained to me that they were going back to work in September. And her biggest objection was the fact that she now has to drive, and she's going two days a week. She now has to drive an hour, right, to an hour and a half mm-hmm. to get to the office, right, and an hour, an hour and a half to drive back. She's gotten used to that, using that hour, right, to be as productive as she possibly can. And so now the organization is actually giving that hour back to the commute that they once owned mm-hmm. right and yeah. so you 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 know i'll be curious to know we talk about measurement all the time be curious to know if you can measure productivity once you return back to work when you've been in a remote mm. um mm-hmm. you know hybrid environment well it'll certainly be inter- interesting to see right what that data show right that uh, will productivity go up will it go down will it remain the same Right. Because I think you mentioned earlier, and I think it's been a a little bit surprising to a lot of folks that remote work has boosted productivity in a a lot of industries, probably for the reason, at least one of the reasons that you just mentioned, that people are spending less time getting to work and going home and they're using that time to work. Uh, Well, let's talk about the other issue, though, that that's related, because I think one of the critiques of remote work has been that you're always on. Right. Because that, that there can be a sense of over overcompensation that while we have to make up for people not being in the office, managers have at least perceived to maybe have less control. So there are fewer barriers between working and not working, which can lead to the issue you pointed out, burnout. So so what's your take on that? How serious is this issue? What have we learned about it over the past year and a half or so of people working from home? And what can leaders do to to help people not burn out? That is uh, is an interesting and and you know when you talk about earlier unpacking, that's a full suitcase of items, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, but but I will tell you from from just personal experience and 
and you you, you called it. You're, you're always on, right? Mm. It, it, it's pretty amazing. I, I deal with a client that's in Australia and she's 14 hours ahead of us, right? Mm-hmm. But she has no issue jumping on a conversation with me at 11 o'clock Eastern time, mm. <laughs> p.m., right? I mean, her time, excuse me. It's 11 o'clock p.m. It's her bedtime. Mm-hmm. And she's like, sure, I'll jump on a call. I don't know how often she would have done that had we not been in this space. But, mm. you know, and that's just a, just a side note for you is how interesting things have changed for us. But that burnout, it, it must be very serious because majority of the organizations that I've spoken with have gone to flex time. And in addition, implemented no meeting Fridays, which is another great strategy to, to leverage, which is there are no internal, you can meet with clients, but there are no internal meetings on Friday. And the goal is for you to use that day, right, to address all the things that you couldn't address Monday through Thursday so that your Saturday and Sunday or your weekend can be leveraged for you and your family. Because most people tend to work, they catch up on the weekend, they'll sacrifice one of those days, Mm -hmm. and then the work week becomes six days versus the five. And so corporations are putting in a no, no meeting Friday or no meeting one day a week, and they recommend that, you know, the second thing is that they're recommending after so many weeks that you take certain that you take days. And then I have a client that we talked seriously about it. And I was curious to know what they were doing to help with burnout. They mandate a day off every 30 days. One day you, you, you're required to take it. They give it to you, but you've got to take a day and you have to be offline. And if you're not offline, they won't pay you for that day, right? If you're mm-hmm. online. And so they, you know, it's pretty interesting that they implemented that, but it seems to work. People, the feedback in their engagements survey pointed that as one of the highlights of appreciation. Very interesting. These policies, the no meeting Fridays, the taking a day every every 30 days, is this new? Is this something that's been driven by COVID or were these things that existed before? You know, flex days are not new and no meeting Fridays are not new, but they were usually reserved for executive leaders because of the workload that most of them in the travel, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was one of those individuals at one time where I was told to immediately shut down the day I returned. It's been around for a while, but you know, it's made its way down to individual contributors. Okay. Interesting. So It would seem to me that another possible issue of a hybrid workforce is that you end up having two separate groups of employees, one in the office and one not in the office, and that if you're not careful, there can be a division created where there are are two separate groups that don't really communicate and that don't see themselves as kind of on the same team, which obviously, if you're a leader, you don't want that. So first of all, Is that an issue you're seeing? And if so, what can leaders do? How are leaders dealing with that? That's an issue that I've seen for a long time, right? It's, it's, it's more, it's more apparent now, but one of the things that I've noticed we've done, and I'll just use us as an organization, GP strategies, 
one of the things that GP Strategies is very um, on the it's on the forefront and adamant about, and, they, and we advise clients to do this, is to you know when I talked about making the mission of the organization purpose make it part of the work, that forces you to draw in a collab build collaborative teams, right? And co-creation happens, and so it's important that organizations and leaders build out activities so that team members both remote and at work right engage with one another projects you know designed for completion where you would normally assign you know a particular project to one person or group you build a project team so that they work together have deliverables not only that you you now have you know quote unquote you you create creating bench strength within the, the team, right? Because now others learn aspects of, of work and business that they would normally do in a vacuum. Mm. Um, and you have some, some good thought leadership that happens, but you also have some good development amongst team members. And are, do you mean specifically that you put teams together, some of whom are in the office, some, are, some of whom are remote, and you kind of put them in a situation where they have to collaborate, have to work together. And that's one simple and pr- pretty direct way of just saying, hey, you're going to work together. doesn't matter if you're in the office. doesn't matter if you're home. Is that is that what you're describing? Yeah, you create missions. And and by creating missions, we, we recommend it at GP Strategies for all our clients inside of the learning environment. The, the way you get individuals to learn from each other, uh, co-create, uh, you create missions. And so organizations, be, believe it or not, have a number of uh, projects that are usually not accelerated because they have one or two people on the project. They don't have enough individuals to to move it forward. So, cre- you know, identify those priority items uh, that, you know, need to be done. One, they, they need to be completed. They, they have, you know, from an expedited standpoint, it doesn't hurt to have some insights from others, right? Both remote and, and, and in the office, you know, in the sales space, we, we've been doing it forever, right? As a sales professional, think about it, you know, we're in the field. Everyone we, we engage with is sitting in the office, you know, our resources, our, our account receivable payables, our client, you know, client facing customer support. We collaborate with them on engagements for sales. And so, and it works and, and we usually have success when we do it very well, right? So it, it's not hard to identify those opportunities where organizations, but they've, you know, we've just traditionally as, as corporations, we've just always operated as, that's a part of your role and your tasks, and we want to see you complete it. Where it, it, it you never know, it could be uh, beneficial to bring in remote and mm. and office individuals. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. That in most industries, there are depending on what role you're in, it's natural for you to be in the office, or if you're in sales, say, and you're out in the field, it's natural for you not to be in the office most of the time. Although I would say this situation seems a little bit different in that in a given hybrid workforce, now you're dealing with some people who choose to remain remote, where they could be in the office, but they prefer to be remote for whatever reason, and others who prefer to be in the office, 
and they might even be doing the same job or similar jobs, right? So that there it's, you know, it's a little bit, I would think it's a little bit different than sales where, well, in order to do your job, you have to be driving around and out in the field, right? Right. I could right. even, you're right. You're right. you know, so there's a little bit of difference there. And, uh, you know, I think that leaders would, would need to be careful about even resentment amongst team members saying, well, why are they, why do they get to stay at home? You know, or I, I wish I could stay at home, but I can't because of X, Y, Z and they're not here and so on. So, you know, how can leaders go about, well, let's say we're not talking about sales. How can leaders go about in, in this new paradigm, just reinforcing, kind of getting ahead of those kind of problems where those who are not present in the office are sort of, you know, out of sight, out of mind? Yeah, you know, and, and we talked about it earlier, the stigma on on remote work, right, is is no work, right? And, and that's that's unfortunate because that's not always the case. When, you, when you're dealing with the scenario you just just mentioned, I think organizations are, are required to have refined outcomes that, that they are looking for from each individual. I think you've got to put some measurement and metrics in place to measure completion of, of said task if it's specifically particular to an individual. I think once you are able to do that, then I think you create the level playing field, right? Where people in office and or at home are, are you know, held to the same level of expectation uh, from a performance standpoint and outcome. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a hard thing because th- those things can become emotional and, and it's not, it's, it's really just logical to your role. And I think organizations empower, need to empower leaders with those things that the leader should not be in a position. And we talk about this. I talk about this constantly with organizations. Your leaders shouldn't be the deciding factor of what should be measured, right? Your organization should drive, draw that down and, and say, look, you know, regardless of an individual, if they're at home or in the office, they have a particular role. There's a certain level number of key performance indicators that mm-hmm. we we measure against, and let's stay focused there. And once we stay focused there, then we're able to measure the level of impact everyone and performance that everyone is is delivering upon. Okay. So, in other words, as long as everybody's pulling their weight and you're transparent about that, then you can mitigate. Well, he's at home and I'm in the office, and it's just we're all on the same team. We're all pulling in the same direction. As long as everyone's doing their job, that's what matters. Yeah. And Jeremy, that's why one of the reasons why I recommended that you go to a a purpose and mission mm-hmm. focus because it, it, it removes ambiguity, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of where you are in your role, this is your mission, your purpose. Here's what we'd like you to accomplish from there. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, of course, most companies have have a mission right a, a purpose that they that that's part part of how they organize their teams and what they're all about but during covid and probably after covid this is just going to be it sounds like what you're saying this is even more important more crucial to bring this even more to the forefront in a time with so much uncertainty and with people scattered all over the place all right so patrick we've covered a lot of territory here let's wrap it up a little bit final thoughts What's the main takeaway for our listeners who are concerned about managing a hybrid workforce? 
I, I think you have to focus first focus on providing employees with tools. There's there's tools and strategies that need to be required for employees to be successful in a in a remote and hybrid environment. And I think I would recommend that for me, I'm noticing because it, everyone thought about how to make sure we continue to keep the business moving, right? But, you know, make your focus people-centric. If you do that, I think you'll have, you'll be able to successfully overcome the challenges of remote work, hybrid work, because at the center of all of that are the people. And, and if you could, could build the right necessary approaches and tools and do it with them, you know, co-design with the employees. They have good ideas and yeah, all won't be adopted, but they have good ideas and things you should consider. Frontline is frontline for a reason. Absolutely. Right. Excellent advice. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for your insights and for your time and for a great discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeremy. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.